When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy no, think, Meets World. I think we decided it was class books. Open up your class books to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. That was what I said the first time when we started the episode. And cut it out. Cut it out. The wrong show. Wrong show for the Full House fan cast. Ugh, no. All right, judgy. Um, judgy? Yeah, this is Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Corey Matthews' favorite podcast. But he always listens from the end first. Yeah, that's a later reference. Just later on, you're gonna. That's gonna make sense later on. I wish I could get your face on a podcast because you just made a very. Oh my gosh, I hate this guy face. <laughs> I don't hate you. I just wish you didn't have to like explain everything all the time. See later it's on. It's just the way your brain works, and I understand that, and I love that about you. See, later on, we're going to talk about... Just stop. <laughs> we're going to talk stop. about... Stop. Stop. About how Corey reads books from Let backwards. things just happen. <laughs> just let it happen. Enjoy yourself. Let loose. Okay, go ahead. I'm letting things happen. Let, like, me... You're letting me happen? I'm just going to take the reins and go for it? Letting it happen. I'm Tanya. I'm Alden. I'm the girl. I'm the boy. And you we're see, here to I talk about Boy Meets World. I say that because I'm the boy in the in the show title, Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. <sighs> I'm glad I can amuse you. I am too. Um, So what do we do today? What do we do today? We went to... Funny you should ask. It uh, is... It is... May the 4th. I hate dating our, our show, but well, yeah, it's definitely... It's May the 4th. May the 4th be with you, and May the 4th is free comic book day this year so it was like a double whammy we always go to free comic book day uh correction oh my god can't you just you, let things go sometimes you always go to free comic book no now we're having a conversation this is okay okay um you always go to free comic book day so when Corey, i worked Corey reads a book from the back <laughs> if i smack a, you <laughs> now we're having a conversation will it, will it he come up the, on the microphone that's why i said he's listening to the podcast from the back <laughs> <laughs> i always go to free comic book day yes um i worked retail up until last year so i had never been able to go to free comic book day until last year and mm. it became like my favorite day i had so much fun True. last year yeah i was so excited for this year i always go and i take uh, at least a kid or two. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all the kids. Mm-hmm. Last year, last year all of us went, right? No, they, it was just me and they you. Were oh, that's parents, right. Yeah, it was me and you, and then we got books that we thought the kids might want to read. Yeah, but we went to one that didn't have a lot of people picking them up, mm-hmm. and they just told us we could take as many as we wanted. So we had like three of certain ones because we got one for each kid. Right, and you were running the daycare, so you yeah. had kids that you wanted to read specific books, mm-hmm. and then you were just like, well, let me get three of these, because one for us, one for him and his family, and one for him and his family. <laughs> well, and also, Caden was in the throes of being obsessed with Miraculous. Yes. And there was a Miraculous comic book. Yes. So I had to get one for him, one for Aubrey, one for Finley. So anyway, um, we went this year. Yeah. 
We went today. Yes. And we spent our, our our morning at a comic book store. A super cool, kitschy, like in a like old town area comic book store. Yeah, we I love that comic book store. It's it was great. We've only gone a few times because it's about forty five minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, we have comic book stores that are much closer and probably bigger, mm-hmm. but I, I love that one. Uh, they're a little pushy though. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was just with me though. They didn't try to sell you anything. Yeah, we we were literally looking at the new books, like the new, t- like, like the this new issues. Yeah, this week's releases. We weren't looking at the the free stuff. So we were looking at real comic books, and while we're standing there looking at them, this um, kind of weird salesman guy there walks he up wasn't to us. Weird. It kind of was because of how he acted. Yeah. He walked up to us and he said... He walked up to me. He walked up to me and just put in my hands a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic book. Not just a comic book, a trade where yeah. he's just like, here, do you like Sabrina? And put it in her hands. Like, I don't know what I look like, honestly. I have no clue what it is about me that was just like, mm, she likes Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you wasn't wrong. But he was wrong in the sense that I would not want a trade with the Netflix TV show cover. But you'd like the show. I do, but I I really, really like the artwork of those comic books mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and that's why I love comic books is all of the different art styles and stuff. Um, so he puts that in my hand and then he's like he walks away and I'm like, uh, what do I do with this now? Like, I'm not getting this. Alden's over here, and he's like, well, you know, they are buy three, get one free. So you could get that one, and we could pick three more. And I am I was so overwhelmed just holding this one trade in my hand. And he comes over again, and he's like, and if you like artwork, here's this one, another witch book, which I love witches. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he knew that, but yeah. he so- knew that. And he put this other witch comic book, in, like another trade in my hand. And I'm standing here just Not like, like showed it to her. Like yeah. he forcefully, not forcefully, but. It was kind of forceful. It was forceful. Like, the only way it would have been more forceful is if he had picked my hand up and opened my fist and mm-hmm. put like, he genuinely like, it was like a trust fall. He, and it wasn't, he trust fell the book into my arms. And it wasn't like, hey, look at this comic book. It was like a. Here's this now, and then he walked away. Like she's buying that, everybody. Yeah, she's so, buying these comics. Yeah, so he walks. He walks away, and I, I'm still, I'm, I actually am interested in getting books. So I'm looking at things I would actually much rather have, and I'm trying to figure out where he got these books from because he was like a ninja. He was just like all over the store. And before I could find the spot, actually, Alden told me where the Sabrina spot was. He had just pointed it out and I was about to sit the book back in its spot when he comes out of freaking nowhere and is just like, you like Neil Gaiman? Well, yeah, I do. Like, I know my face lit up like Christmas as he takes me over to another table. He's like, come on. But again, like... You didn't mention Neil Gaiman. I didn't. And Neil Gaiman's one of your favorites. Like... My favorite, everything, mm-hmm. like movies, books, comic books, like his audiobooks. he reads his own and he is amazing. Like but I my... love him. I, how would he know? I don't know. So he takes me over to this table and he puts a Stardust book in my hand. Well, okay, cool. 
At this point, though, like, obviously, the trades are buy three, get one free. So he has now put three trades in my hand. Yes. And I happen to see one trade on the table that I have been looking for for a very long time. And the store that we normally go to that's a little bit closer to our house doesn't ever have this one. Never has volume one. Yeah, it never has volume one. I don't, I didn't want to get it digitally. I like to have the actual like hard copy. So I see that on the table and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the one I want. The one. (laughs) The one. That I want. And he was like, oh, well, they're buy three, get one free. So get that one, too. So at this point, I have four Mm -hmm. trades in my arms. And I'm just like praying that he disappears. Like he has to go on lunch or something. I had to find where all of these (laughs) went. I did end up getting Monstrous, which I am so excited. I'm going to read it tomorrow. Uh, I, I don't know what his game was. I also, as you were walking away the third time, as he said Neil Gaiman and you followed him along, I, I had a, an, an inner struggle within myself where I thought, A, should I follow them and just be a third wheel now? Uh, <laughs> B, should I interject and be like, hands off my lady? <laughs> Did you um, really have this internal struggle? Yeah, but not like that. But right. I, I wondered if I should stand up for you and say, hey, look, we're just kind of looking. Don't worry. Um, but then I was like, she really should have that conversation with him herself. Right. And like I said, I worked retail for so many years. And this is something that they pushed on us. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we were supposed to be doing. So I tend to humor that side of, like, salesmanship because of the fact that I know how hard it can be to do that. Right. However, it did not seem like this was hard for him at all. Like, he was so excited it to seemed- just grab things and put them in my mind and only my hands. I did not see him do this with any other person in the entire store. Well, we weren't... So, it was pretty dead while we were in there, oddly enough. So, I, I wanted to see him in there with more people, but mm-hmm. no one else really came in. Not while he was walking around. So, after that, he took over on the register. None of that matters. It's boring. But um, it was fun to watch, I guess. And then try to figure out what we're putting back and where and how. Yes, it was a game at that point. And mm-hmm. I I mean, I was saying in the car, if he had not done that, I wouldn't have found the book that I wanted. So it worked. I wouldn't have gotten any of those. I think you would have found Monstrous because we would have walked by that table. It was near the kids section and I love the kids section there. Yeah. So Monstrous it- should not have been in the kids section. It wasn't in the kids section, but it was right by it cuz it was like the staff picks. Mm-hmm. Um I have a friend who reads it and the artwork is just absolutely gorgeous. Um and every time my friend posts something about it, I'm just like, "Oh, I want to read that so bad." And he's like, "It is surprisingly one of the best things I've read ever." And so I'm so excited. So, so excited. In his defense, and I think this happened after, but we did, one of the things we did buy, we bought two things, and one of the things we bought was a Netflix TV adaptation, which was Glow. That is true, but it was after. Okay. It was after, and again, like, he went for me. Oh, yeah. No, he wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah. And it it wasn't even like a, like a, ooh, I love this girl kind of situation. It was just like, she looks like I can convince her to buy things. Yeah. But he was only showing me things that were kind of like mainstream known outside of the comic book world. He showed me the Stardust trade, Mm -hmm. which Stardust the movie came out 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was one of my favorite movies. Um, He showed me 
the Sabrina, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Netflix cover. Now the witches one, I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. That looks fantastic, and I will probably end up getting some form of it at some point to see if I like it. But not an entire trade the first time I want to read it. Right. But the only time I ever did that was with Saga, and that was last. Was that last year on Free Comic Book Day? Maybe. I don't remember. I love that one. Okay, but. On, on the topic of TV adaptation comic books, mm-hmm. why wasn't there ever a Boy Meets World TV adaptation comic book? I don't know. It seems like there would be like that natural progression into that. I feel like there were a lot of random TV show comic books that came out, like mm-hmm. especially late 90s, early 2000s, of things that don't even make sense to be comic books. Yeah. But I also, I feel like there could be so much content on just side characters alone. Like, we could get a Topanga comic and a and a Minkus comic. Well, like, in the vein of, like, the Archie comics, it fits that, that exact kind of, um, like, the characters fit that sort of chemistry only 90s. So, like, where Archie comics have that, like, 50s feel. Mm-hmm. Boy Meets World comic would be like a 90s version of that. And like Frankie, like just having like Frankie comics, mm-hmm. like a Frankie Digest. Oh my gosh. Oh can my we gosh. Write, can we write comics now? Sure. We'll write them and who's going to draw them and who's going to re- release them? Um, Our children. It's going to Mor- be a family thing. A Morgan comic would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the first two seasons and then it gets real fucking dark. <laughs> the chilling adventures of Morgan. Yeah. Oh, there could be like a chilling adventures of Boy Meets World, like where oh, it's where it creepy gets all dark, and dark, like Riverdale. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, we're gonna have to get on that. We've got a lot of work to do. What will we call the drug of choice in Boy Meets World? <laughs> we're not doing that. What was, I don't know because Riverdale had a really funny name Did it? for their drug, and I now I can't remember what it was. But I talked to the girls about it. I talked to Aubrey and Jade about it because it's like the most ridiculous name, and like the characters would walk around and be like, "You got any flim flam or whatever?" <laughs> like it was something crazy sounding like that, and it would make me laugh every time. That's actually why I stopped watching Riverdale. Well, we didn't stop watching Boy Meets World. We did not. I will never. 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 We did watch an episode today, and we did watch it two times so that we could prepare for this chilling adventures of a podcast. I mean, your chilling adventure would be all about Mr. Feeney killing and burying children. Yeah. Yeah. We we watched an episode, though. Yes, we did. (laughs) We did. We gotta stop writing fan fiction. Oh, I can't wait to really start though. I'm <laughs> I am so like geared up and ready for this. We've got it. It's gonna be so good. I'm gonna let you write a few and then okay. I'll I'll jump in, okay? Okay. Uh we watched Boy Meets World season two, episode four. Um, do you have the episode title? I do. Hand. It's Me and Mr. Jode. Me and Mr. Jode. What a weird name, Tanya. What could it possibly be about? I don't know, we'll find out. Can you blurb me up? Blurb me up, Tanya. All right. The blurb is, after reading a book about mistreated farm workers, Corey fights for his rights as a student. What book could he possibly be reading? And where do we start today? Oh, do we start in the classroom? That's the question. We don't. All right. Well, we no build there. Um, I let it build. It's fine. Did we start in the classroom? No. Hey, Tanya. Hey, Alden. Do you think we started... In the classroom? 
No. Ah, that felt good. Okay. <laughs> that felt real good. Um, so we don't start in the classroom. We start at home. In the kitchen. In the kitchen with the candlestick. That's a clue joke. <laughs> so Corey's sitting at the kitchen table reading a big old book. Mm-hmm. And Amy comes down in her workout gear. She looks like she just went for a jog. What book was it? The Grapes of Wrath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you ever read that book? I didn't. It sounded boring. Yeah, agreed. I did see the Veggie Tales. <laughs> that particular Veggie Tales was my favorite Veggie Tales. Oh God. Okay, so Corey's reading The Grapes of Wrath, but he's on the end. He's at the end of the book. Yes. And Amy is so proud of him. Just so happy that he made it through this book, and she's like, "Are you really reading it?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm really reading it." I'm on page 182. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, really? And he said, okay, now I'm on page 181. She's like, Corey, are you reading it backwards? Yeah, that way I can see everything that happens in the book. And when when I get to the middle of the book, I'll understand how we got where we got. And I don't know, actually kind of a good idea. I mean, I was just thinking, like, does he think it's a manga or something? No. It wasn't weird to me that he was reading it backwards until Because you read it was so said. much backwards. I read so much backwards. Uh, yeah, but then he explains why, and he's like, not my worst idea, right? And she said, no, it's not as bad as <laughs> taking 30, your 30 showers for the week. To on, get a jump on the month. On the first day of the month. And he said, yeah, it was too clean in February. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Then Eric comes in, right? He comes hurtling down the stairs that, where right. Amy heads him off at the pass and She's like, like like jumps in front of the door and he tries to get past her. She like, like grabs sl- him and she's boxing. like pushing him across the kitchen. She's like, you are not going out that door. And he's like, I have to. And what's his girlfriend's name? Desiree. <laughs> and yeah. So she's like, whatever that Desiree is making you do, you are not going to do it. And he was like, she's not making me do anything. I want to do it. I want to buy that shampoo. And she's like, she's control or so they say something about her controlling him. And he's like, she's not in control. I'm in control. And then this like really loud noise that sounds like uh, a pager. No. Okay. This did not sound like a pager. Okay. I know it was a pager. Mm-hmm. That's our spoiler alert for the day. It was a hot pink pager. You don't pager. have to explain it. Oh, I'm going to punch you so <laughs> hard. In your face. <sighs> Go on. His pager went off. His pager went off. It sounded like a smoke alarm. It was so loud. It would it would make our children cry <laughs> with how loud it was. Well, yeah. Um, they would start fanning the pager with a towel. <laughs> To make it stop. Because that's what they do when our smoke alarm goes off. Yep. Um, So it goes off and he's like, Desiree needs conditioner and like gets past Amy and runs out the door and Yeah, he does like a like a football player spin move where he like jukes left and then back spins around her. jukes left. Uh That's like a technical term. It is. That's what he did. I didn't even know that's what it was called. And Uh I'm almost 35. Aw. Jukes left. I'm going to juke all over the place what the <laughs> hell is going on you shouldn't have that five hour energy i'm feeling it <laughs> wow 
Wow, that's too much energy. You shouldn't have had all of this month's five-hour energies in one day to prepare. So now we go to school, right? Yep, we go to school. We go to school, and they're sitting in Mr. Turner's classroom. Yep. Mr. Turner's sitting on the desk with his feet propped up on another desk. He's like cool and calm Mm -hmm. and like super chill. Let me tell you what's cool about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Very youth pastor. Very youth pastor. He's talking about the grapes of wrath and he basically asks them like, well, what happened? And Corey, well, he says like, you know, how do you feel about what happened? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. And Corey raises his hand immediately and he and Mr. Turner goes, "Uh, you got to. You got a uh, tick in your arm there, Mr. Matthews? Because he didn't expect to raise his hand. Yeah. And he goes, no, I have thoughts on the ending of the book. He's okay, what are your thoughts? And he goes, what does he say? He says, everybody back up. Corey's going to try something. Yes. Uh, so Corey like lays out the end of the book completely. He's like, well, I really felt like it was unfair that this happened. And he's like explaining deeply the end of the book. And then it stops, and Mr. Turner goes, what just happened? <laughs> and Sean says something like, he you're like, ruining. He said, you did the back row a great disservice yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they start to talk about it, and I don't remember how it comes about from there, but Mr. Turner. Um, well, they start asking about what's going to be on the test. Like, do they need to know the dates that things happen? Do they need right. to know what the town's name is? Do they need to know these specific things? Um, because and it, these are fair questions, because when you are reading a book, retaining an actual date of something, like to think that a kid could retain a date from the Grapes of Wrath is insane. Well, yeah, it's That's tough. why cliff notes were invented. I've always been the kind of person and yeah, from from a childhood uh, until now, I've always been the kind of person who I will remember kind of the gist of everything i remember emotionally what happened i don't remember specifics i don't remember specific things that were said and that's why doing a podcast where we (laughs) we reiterate what happened on a tv show i sometimes forget the words that were used or whatever but i still remember the feeling of what happened so i empathize with that entirely like hey what dates do we need to remember what do we need to remember about the characters and mr turner is getting more and more annoyed about them asking questions about the test. And he says, hey, no more questions about the test. And Corey raises his hand. Did I miss something? No. And Corey raises his hand and says, all right, I got a question about the test. And that's what Mr. Turner's like. Well, okay, how about this? You guys can talk to me about what happened. You guys know the, the material. And we can have a discussion about what happened in this book. We don't need to have the test. Yeah, he basically says that a test is something that, that proves that the kids did the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if they are all involved in the conversation, then he will know that they actually read it and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Again, fair enough. Like, I agree with this 100%. And I think a lot of that does, generally, our brains are not similar in what we retain. But when it comes to what you just said about, like, retaining um the emotional aspect of the book like how it made you feel in different parts and um being able to relate to what was happening in the story i would i don't remember dates and stuff but i remember all of those same things so a conversation about a book would be way more telling than taking a test right 
So uh, the bell, the bell rings and he's like, well, okay, uh, what did you take away from today? And they all are just like, no tests and run out the door. Yeah. So they go to the, the cafeteria, right? Mm-hmm. So then the cafeteria and Mr. Feeney sits down next to Mr. Turner and he's like, but you always know that's going to be a bad time for Mr. Turner. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Feeney's like, I heard your, your, your radicalization of your tests, Mr. Tana. And he's like, I mean, if talking to my students is radical, then okay. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Feeney's like, mm, how about you just like change it up and do a test? <laughs> like, just just well, try he's, it. He's try sa- doing a test. Yeah, he says, if you know, it's a that's a radical idea that you have. You know, just get, expecting the students to do the work without testing because testing is what makes sure that they actually did the work. Um, and he said, okay, so let's test your theory. And he says, well, how would you like to test a theory? Well, by giving them a test. Wait, what? We're going to test your theory about not testing them by giving them a test? So, Um, Mr. Turner super doesn't get it. And I don't think I did at first either. I mean, we weren't supposed to until the end. But Mr. Turner's just like, what the fuck? I mean. Wow. He said that on the TV show? Yeah, it was the 90s. Times were different. Okay. And he, he had an earring. Yeah. So, um, do we, I guess we, we go to the hallway now, right? Yes, we go to the hallway. And where Eric is talking to Jason? Yeah. And Jason's like, uh, we're, is it basketball? No. Yeah. You gonna, Are they talking about basketball? Yeah, he's like, you gonna play hoops later? Yeah, and, and Eric's like, yeah, definitely, blah, 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 but here comes, what's her name? Desiree. I keep wanting to call her Daphne. You know what's weird is, um, in this wiki that we use to, uh, Follow the plot for our episodes uh-huh. while we do the show. Uh-huh. Um, they literally don't bring up Eric. Now, it's a full explanation of the Corey um, yes. Grapes of Wrath it's A plot. It's very long. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like almost the script. Yeah, it's a very full explanation. There's no mention of Eric and Desiree and uh, what's his face? Jason. Jason. Which is really crazy because this is the first time that we've actually had a continuous plot from one episode to the next. This mm-hmm. this plot started in the previous episode. Yeah, and there were callbacks to the previous mm-hmm. episode, which was interesting. Yeah, so Desiree started in the previous episode. So No, it we, goes back to the kitchen. It goes back to the kitchen. Yeah, that's we're in the where, kitchen now. Um, Amy is, is getting mad at Eric for freaking out about Desiree. And like, right. I think she says, that boy is whipped or something like that. Well, Jason comes in mm-hmm. and Jason is ready to go play basketball. Eric has told him that he's going to play basketball and Jason walks in and he like starts flirting with Amy. He's I like, hate that so much. he's like, uh, you should be on Baywatch. And she's like, mm, thanks Jason, but you're a little, ma- or I'm a little mature for that. And he's like, next generation Baywatch, you've got it. And the it's like teenage friend flirting with, the mom on the show is my least favorite 90s sitcom thing. It's not just a 90s sitcom thing. It's a real thing that happens in real life. I have never seen it or encountered it. I or... have. You are not a woman. Okay. That's it true. It happens to me. What? When does it happen? Are you serious right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went on Caden's uh, oh, yeah. school trip and I seriously had boys like all around me like whispering to each other and whispering to Caden. Caden was like red faced and embarrassed for half of that trip. So gross and weird. Um and 
then um, one of our neighbors, mm-hmm. uh, did, I mean, to be fair, like, they don't know how old I am. Right. And a lot of them don't even realize that I'm Caden's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of our neighbors was walking by and he has like a little cousin or whatever. And um, the cousin was chasing our dog back into our yard. And I was talking to him, the little kid, and Caden's friend came over and was like asking me questions. And I was like, oh, yeah, like my son, you're friends with my son. And he was like, your your son? And I was like, yes, Caden, like you're friends with him? And he was like, you're his mom? He had been trying to get my number before I mentioned this. So, like, it does happen. Mm. It does. Did he ask you for your number? Yes. He asked me and for you- my number, but he was just sort of like, um, oh, so... You watch kids sometimes, like my aunt might want you to watch. No. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. So to reiterate, that's my least favorite '90s sitcom trope, and also my least favorite real life trope. <laughs> so gross and weird. Um, but it happens. Like yeah. it's not just a trope; it's a thing that happens. Fair enough, but I'm still using the word trope because okay. it's gross and weird. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Jason's hitting on Miss Matthews, and it's gross. And you can't call her Amy right now because you're, she's you Mrs. To... Matthews right <laughs> yes. now. And uh, they are arguing about Eric going out or being whipped by Desiree. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, no, I'm not. And as he's saying that, his pager goes off. Right. And um, I don't remember. Jason what it grabs it. Uh-huh. Jason grabs it. And uh, Amy sprays him with. Oh, oh. the pager says yeah. that sh- that. Desiree's waiting outside that she has arrived. She's waiting outside and she would just love a glass of water. But so Jason, he goes. Jason for... says, Desiree wants a glass of water. Yeah, he does it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so Eric heads towards the sink and Amy's like, if you take one more step towards that sink. And he gets over there and she sprays him in the crotch with the little with her with the water gun. Right. Like with, her with, her only water gun. With the 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 host of the sink. Yeah. And to make it look like he peed his pants. Right. So he runs upstairs to change pants and then Desiree walks in. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, Jason, didn't realize you were here. So the first time yeah. I watched this, I didn't realize that this happened. The second time I watched it, I realized that Jason still had the pager. Right. And he tucked it into the back of his pants. Okay. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that he had continuously had the pager mm. until we watched it the second time. So he hides the pager in the back of his pants while he's talking to Desiree. Eric comes back down with... A towel tucked into the front of his pants. And um, she's like, what is wrong with you? What what happened? And um, at the same time, though, Jason's still trying to convince Eric to go play basketball with him. And, um, oh, he's like, come on, come play hoops. And Desiree turns around. She's like, you play basketball? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, don't you think you're a little petite for that? And it was very funny. Was it? Yeah. It was more funny when he walked away angrily and was like, I'm done with this. You know, you go have your fun. And then she said something like, 
where's your elvish friend going? Yes, your elvish friend. And he, like, Jason had to have been, you know, 20 steps out the door, and he sprints back and opens the door, like, slams his hand into the door, and he goes, I'm not an elf. Yeah. Um. So, again, like, the fact that none of this is on our wiki is crazy, because I feel like this is genuinely half of the episode. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just... A little bit of sprinkled in. Like, yeah. it is absolutely a main portion of this episode. Yeah. Um, so, I feel like we go back to the classroom yeah. now. We go back to classroom. Classroom or not? Classroom, yes. Classroom, yes. And they are being given their test. Mr. Turner's like, okay, we're going to have a little... Uh, we're going to do a it's little a survey. survey. Uh, and he starts passing it out. And Corey's like, wait a second. This is a test. Right. You lied to us. Yeah, and I do think, like, he asked a few questions. They they did a tiny bit of book discussion, and you realize that everyone actually read the book. Uh-huh. Every person in the class. Yeah. Sean. Sean mentions that yeah. he read it and that his head still hurts. He's yes. like, yeah, I read it. My head still hurts. And I'm like, just thinking about reading that book makes my head hurt, and I'm an adult, so I feel for these kids. Yeah, so he passes out the test, calls it a survey. They realize it's a test. And Corey stands up and says, we're not taking... No, he stands up, walks up to Mr. Turner, puts the test in his hand and says, I'm not taking this test. You lied to us. Mm -hmm. Turns around and walks away very awkwardly, like, oh my God, what did I just do? And Sean goes, does that work? And Corey goes, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) So then Sean like trepidatiously walks up. He's like, I'm not taking my test either and puts it in mr turner's hands which just starts like everybody just like gets up and hands their test back in yeah everybody in the class gets up because there's no minkus in this classroom right and they all hand in their test and there's then... also no topanga in this classroom yeah topanga is literally not in this episode yeah. at all i figured we'd bring that up at the end or but... morgan yeah uh, so this is about when mr feeney walks in mr <laughs> mr stevie that's mr stevie inside joke with dan rodriguez um, um and he's like, hmm, no, your class is so prepared. He calls for him these... like Mr. Earring. Mr. Or Earring, your class is so prepared for this test. They finished in two minutes, hmm? And then he hmm. takes the test and he's like, I guess the test didn't work because it's completely blank. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids basically, well, Corey basically organizes a strike and. Or he organizes a union. He's like, we're a union well, now. This is, and this he is, gets all newsies on them. This is after Mr. Feeney has told Mr. Turner, you didn't do it my way. You need to do it my way. Here's, mm-hmm. you know, you need to stand up and give him some discipline. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Feeney says, take the test or die. Right. Like. um, And as a kid, I, I would absolutely like watching this be like, I cannot believe Mr. Feeney would act like this. But. Like, Mr. Feeney is Mr. Turner's boss, Mm -hmm. and this is a bad look, and it's not even his fault. Like, it's the kids' look, it's the kids making him look bad. Like, he doesn't have control over his classroom and stuff, and I felt so bad for him. In hindsight, I really feel like if Mr. Turner had said, all right, class, I know I said no test, Mr. Feeney is putting that up to, for discussion, take this test, do well, um... You guys all know the book. 
And after this, we can argue that tests shouldn't happen anymore. Right. But he doesn't say any of that. Yeah, he tries to go the sort of like... I mean, he's he's scared to tell them that True. they have a test. I mean, he's new. He's still learning. Yes. And he, he doesn't have control of his classroom. No. It just, it just sucks that he had to be found out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's a good teacher. He's doing a good job. An entire classroom of seventh graders read The Grapes of Wrath. Mm-hmm. He's doing a great job. But... Mr. Feeney knows how to figure out when people don't have control. Yeah, and and that's when Corey stands up and he's like, take the test or die, then die! And does this entire very newsy style. Yeah, it was so newsies that like I had the songs going through my head because like I love the newsies so much. It was so newsies that I want to write this down and go back and watch newsies and see if there's anything in it that ties into it. Like, because it... It was like it came directly from Newsies. There isn't. There isn't? Okay. No. I know, basically, I could just, like, recite Newsies to you right now. Well, that'll be our, our Patreon-exclusive episode. <laughs> In a few years. Yeah. Um, We'll forget. We've already been over what our memories are like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, I, we're What's gonna f- the Newsies? Yeah, we're going to forget by the time this episode's over. <laughs> um. So he starts marching and singing this like revolt song about like we're a union and let's go and we're going to feed our wives and children. And like it was just it was bonkers. And they're marching around the classroom. They march right outside. And um, so he has started a union and basically a strike. Yeah. And he says while he's doing that, he says, we're going to do what the characters in that book should have done. Mm-hmm. And they should have started a union. So they weren't mistreated. Right. So how he's... does he know so much about unions? I don't know. Was there an episode that we missed where Alan was a part of a union? No, because he knows Alan's... a lot about unions. Alan's not part of a union because they had to do the whole raise thing. And Alan was oh, that's right. he's the manager, but he was answering to his general. Yeah. So yeah. It's... there's no union. Um, how does he know? I don't know. I... I wouldn't have known about unions if there wasn't like, there was like a union situation when I was a kid. Not everybody knows the same things. That's true. <laughs> so they march off and whatever. Um, and now, well, Mr. Turner kind of says, oh, your wor- your way worked great, George, didn't it? Yeah. And I do like that he's calling him George. Like he's not calling him Mr. Feeney. Right. He's calling him George while Mr. Feeney is calling him Mr. Turner or Mr. Earring. Yeah. I also love that, like, Mr. Feeney is obviously, like, flummoxed from this. Like, he's just perturbed. Like, this absolutely blew up in his face. Um, But I also, like, I am so confused because I feel like this is what he expected almost. I don't feel like he did. I feel like he reacted. I feel like he saw saw all of this happening and couldn't... I I honestly feel like his response in the classroom and then his upcoming response was very... Um, I'm so frustrated that I'm going to miss... Re, I'm, I don't know, misreact? Is that, mm-hmm. a, is that a word? It, it can be. You can put sure. miss at the beginning of anything. Misreacted to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he goes into the, the lunchroom or... Before he goes in the lunchroom, Corey is again still like revolting with the students. And he's like, yeah. what do we want? And, and he's like saying something about like macaroni and cheese. No, he, what do what, they were talking about how they hate macaroni and cheese. Oh, I thought they were saying like, we want more brownies and 
Less macaroni yeah, and cheese. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. We is hate the macaroni. Crazy. Maybe it was gross there. I don't know. Um, and he says, what do we want? And everyone's like, um, and he's like, steak. <laughs> and what, what do we hate? Or no. And what else do we want? And then Sean goes, macaroni. <laughs> and he's like, Sean, we were just trying to get rid of macaroni. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, there was a part and I just, I just need to talk about this for one second. Let's talk about it. Um, it was towards the beginning and. Um, oh, sorry. I definitely like turned away from the mic. So yeah. sorry. Um, it was when they are about to start the strike mm-hmm. and um, they're kind of talking back and forth about the book. And Sean says something like, oh, it was crazier than bingo night at the uh, at my trailer park. And I realize like. And we'll, we'll hear more throughout the series about like this like the way they talk about trailer parks is the punchline of Sean's life and of these jokes and I just it bothers me because one these are people's homes mm-hmm. um but also there there was a time where I was going to move to Colorado mm-hmm. to be with my to live near my sister um start a new life and I had visited her and while I visited her I was looking into places that I could live and in the town there was a small trailer community and I found the most adorable trailer I've ever seen it had like flower boxes at every window it had a little garden area the neighbors were super sweet like they were talking to me um about like, you know, oh, are you going to come live here? Like, this is a really, really cute community. It's really nice. So I and my sister had to live in that same trailer community when she left her husband. And it was just it just I don't like that that trope. You don't like the trope of of kids hitting on adults. I don't like the trope of like, let's make trailer parks a punchline. Mm hmm. It really bothers me. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's probably the general gist of it. Mm-hmm. But we've also learned that Sean's living situation isn't great. Right. So, But I, I think, though, that even even his living situation is tropey. I mean, it's a lot of the show is tropey. Yeah. They get so much right, though. Like, realistically right. And uh-huh. they had that... That I think when they get something wrong, it kind of hits me out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, for some reason, that specific thing that he said, I was like, ew, I don't... I guess eh. it, you're thinking of it from the writer saying it. I'm thinking of it as a 13-year-old boy who hates his home life. Yeah. Complaining about his home life. Yeah, I guess so. I think, yeah, when you put it that way, definitely. And you're not wrong to do that. I've done it before, too. Right. Like, we... we, we judge the situations that the kids are in mm-hmm. sexually or romantically i think of it as 50 year old dude sitting in a writer's room but yeah. in, in this case i didn't i saw it as just sean complaining about his life right because he hates his life and his home life is bad right yeah that's a very good point okay back to the present so mr feeney runs in on them um throwing a revolt in the cafeteria because cory has got all this newfound power that he is uh trying to stick it to the man right 
and change their entire lives. And he's like, all right, I can play this game too. Let me hit you where it hurts. Mr. Feeney is. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, let me hit you guys where it hurts. Uh, No dance for you guys. Yeah, he says... The yeah. seventh grade dance is canceled. And and then everyone's like, what? Yeah, and Sean like falls to the floor. He's like, you're taking my girls away from me. And then he says, all right, anybody coming? And nobody came with him. And he said, okay, fine. No more football games for the rest of the year either. Like, he's canceled the dance and all football games. So no social... He basically grounds them. Mm-hmm. They're grounded. The whole seventh grade class of 20 people. Yeah, so... God, I wish I'd written down exactly what happened next, like word, like word for word. Yes, because Corey then says, we're fine. We're not going to take this. We're we're on strike. We're on strike, which is what a union would do. We don't have to take this. Come on. And he starts singing his song again and marching. But this song is like even better. And like, he's just like, okay, and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, who's coming with me? Who's behind me right now, Sean? Well, yeah, he's like, he's, he's, Sean's behind him and uh, they're going and he's like, um, and we're going out the door and who's behind you, my Sean? And Sean's like, uh, nobody is There's not us. really anybody behind <laughs> us. And he's like, I'm... He's like, I'm leaving you. Yeah, he's like, I'm going back. And then Corey's like, no, you're not. And grabs him and pulls him with him. Um, and so the rest of the class goes back into the into the classroom. And as, so this was one of those moments where it was very, like, um, cinematic. Mm-hmm. So the class marches out mm-hmm. and goes back to their classroom as Mr. Turner and Mr. Feeney are talking. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Turner goes, okay, what are you going to do about those two, George? Mm-hmm. And Mr. Feeney says, I'm going to go nuclear. He's like, what does that mean? You'll see. He um, says, he says I'm oh, I'm going to call, call their mommies. I'm going to call their mommies. That's right. And then as and this, they pass. Yes. As they're walking out, having this discussion, they walk by Desiree and Eric. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, ah, I just saw them in the background. But no, now it shifts to them and right. has their conversation. Right. Where Eric... Is standing up for himself. Well, so we don't know that yet. So Jason is saying, okay, like you're going to play basketball. It's Thursday. You're playing basketball tonight, right? And Eric is like, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to. And Desiree comes in. She's like, Eric, there's a new mall that opened up across the street from the old mall. And can you I do would that in a southern it. accent? I don't think so. I can try, though. Try it. All of a sudden, I forgot what a southern accent is. You have to do it. I don't want... I want to hear you do it. I don't know if I can. Like, if I had just done it organically, I think I probably could have. But now I'm, like, overthinking it. I'm like, what is a southern accent? Oh, my goodness. All right. Oh, well. What does she say? She says, a new mall opened up across from the old mall. And I would love it if you would come with me on Thursday to explore the new mall and he's like the thursday i play basketball you know that and she's like but thursday's the day i want to go to the mall and uh jason's just like like okay he's not gonna play basketball again and eric turns and looks at jason he's like okay jason i'll see you thursday Mm -hmm. and desiree's like what 
And he's like, I've done every single thing you have ever asked me to do. You've gotten so much out of this relationship. And what have I gotten out of it? Like, what is the end game here? He what said, is in it for me? He said, what and, was I ever going to get? Yeah. And she grabs him and lays a big old kiss on him. On him? French? First, like first just, kiss. Mm-hmm. Like, because she's only kissed him on the cheek before now. Mm-hmm. Like, huge, passionate, intense Like, tongues kiss in, in mouths. the hallway. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, and then that. she she pulls off of him and, and says like, goodbye, goodbye forever. forever, and walks out. And Jason goes, Eric, you are an idiot. And he's just like, I know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are we in the living room now? Well, um, are we doing a commercial yet? I feel now, like we should break it up a little bit. Now, now it seems like a time to take a commercial break. It does. Mm-hmm. So. We'll be back after a word from some sponsor and from other. some sponsor and other and other. We're gonna have two commercials. You said another. I said or another. I said or. I have it on recording. Ready to own on Disney VHS the story of a young boy lost on his own in New York City. Extra, extra, read all about it. His name is Jack, and he has lots of friends like Crutchy. His best friend, Crutchy, Crutchy has a crutch, but can still sing and dance, just like all the other newsboys in New York City. Offensive. <laughs> my friend Crutchy, because he's got a crutch, get it? Extra, extra, read all about it, he can't walk. And they sell newspapers, they gotta sell their papes, and they're... It's a hard knock life. No, that's the wrong one. <laughs> watch out they're the king of new york and jack really wants to go to santa fe find out what happens when they have a revolt and they strike the newsy strike of new york city in some date or another that i can't remember extra extra (laughs) bring it home into your video library don't forget to blow on the tape if you have trouble watching it just open up the vhs give it a little and the dust will come right off and you'll be able to watch the newsies on vhs extra Hello, class. What? What? Hello, Uh (laughs) class. Hello, class. (laughs) Hello, class. Hi, class. We're back. Oh, I deflated him. You did. I'm so sorry. Uh, So, uh, what's new? So, (laughs) so now where are we? We are in the living room. <laughs> living room or not? Living room. So now we're in the living room. What happens? Uh, Corey and Sean are sitting on the couch. And they're like, what's going to happen to us? I have a feeling it's not going to be great. Right, because they walked out and left right. class. Yeah, and I'm assuming school? Yeah, they would have had to. They just left school because of one test. Uh, test. that they didn't want to take. Yeah. I mean, they've done worse. That's true. They but, have done worse. Like, we should not be surprised that they just left school. But we, I think it's forgotten that they have at least five other classes, probably, that they're going to. And because of this one, all of the other classes for the rest of the day are like, where are Sean and Corey? Right. <laughs> I don't know. They got into it with Mr. Turner in 
homeroom. In homeroom. In their first class of the day, they didn't want to take a test. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they got to lunch. I guess. Because they were revolting in the cafeteria. Yeah, I didn't get the feeling that it was at lunch, though. <laughs> they just randomly went to the cafeteria. There was no food on the tables, yeah. Hmm. I didn't think about that. Okay, so anyway, we're not in the cafeteria. We are in right. the Matthews residence. Right. Um, and Amy walks in. Amy is home a lot today. Uh-huh. Like, this episode, she's just always in the house. What, she she needs, gets fired or something? She needs to get out. She needs to go bowling. I don't... You're in the house a lot, too, so I go I know, on. and I need to get out a lot. Yeah, I usually yeah. go to the nursery. She needs to go to her local nursery and just look at the plants. Okay, so what happens? Um... She comes in. She's like, so Mr. Feeney called and told me that you uh, went on strike. I think Alan's here at this point, too. Yeah, he is. Um, And so they kind of explain it a little bit or they start to when the door knocks. There's a knock. The, at the door, door knocks. <laughs> There's a knock. Five hour energy is wearing off, huh? Oh, a little bit. We'll take about 38 minutes of that. <laughs> I have a really high caffeine tolerance, so like five hour energy really is thirty minute energy for me. All right, so the door knocks. The and door the, knocks. The door opens. Opens, and Mr. Turner's there holding his motorcycle helmet. Right, but uh, remember, they haven't met Mr. Turner. Right, which is like a foreign concept to me because of the fact that Mr. Feeney lives next door and like. They're used to him just walking in. So when they reacted to him, I was like, why are they reacting like this? Yeah, Alan was like, who are you? Yeah, because he's like, is Corey here? (laughs) And they're like, why are you looking for our kid, you weirdo? And he's like, I'm their teacher. And I kind of wanted to come and talk to them. Like, oh, good, you're both here. And he's like, you have to wear a helmet. He goes, I fall off my desk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So he comes in and he starts talking to Corey and Sean. Um, luckily, he didn't have to go to two different houses. Right. That's true. He's lucky, I guess, that Corey and Sean were there together. Yeah. Uh, luckily, he didn't have to go to three different houses, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he talks. He says he wants to talk to them about their, their stuff. And uh, Alan said something like, do you mind if we, you know... Um, I don't remember. Alan says that he wants to talk to them too. And he said, I just want to talk to them about what happened today. And he pulls them into the kitchen to talk. So away from Amy and Alan, I expected them Mm -hmm. to all kind of have a conversation together, but they did not. And he starts explaining the situation to them. And he's like, what did you like? What you guys did today is just, it doesn't, you know, you didn't think that through. Right. And Corey's like, we're just doing what they did in the book. Like we, we organized this. We learned this from the Grapes of Wrath. And he's like, um, you didn't have purpose behind it. Like, your kids. Your kids who didn't want to take a test. These are people whose livelihoods were on the line. Like, Yeah, he said they didn't have houses. They didn't have places to live. They didn't have food to eat. You live in your mommy and daddy's house. Yeah. And your you eat parents, their food. Your parents make you food. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no idea the kind of struggle that would cause people to organize and form a union or go on strike you have no idea what they were up against yeah right. um so to compare yourself to them is a really privileged place to be mm-hmm. um and cory i mean in cory's defense he immediately is like oh my gosh you're right yeah he it, like from the get-go was yeah. like ah shit yeah i've been an idiot mm-hmm 
Um, Sean too. I mean, yeah. they both are like, yeah. Yeah, but Sean is Sean is very easily swayed into being reminded that he's an idiot. True. Like, he's reminded that he's an idiot every five minutes. Sometimes I feel really bad for him, mm-hmm. like, because anyone anyone who could read Grapes of Wrath, like I would not have the attention span for Grapes of Wrath. He's obviously not an idiot. He read the book and retained it. Um, I. I'm starting to feel bad that he's reminded of his being an idiot so often. Okay. But in the first 12 episodes of our show, you talked about how he was an idiot over and over again. It's true. So uh, he gets through to them and uh, Amy and Alan kind of poked their head in. I don't mm-hmm. I don't remember what they really said, but they chimed in to say basically the same thing. Right. Um, um, and they're like, well, you know, Mr. Feeney is probably going to... Or, or he, Mr. Feeney's your principal. Like, he's going to be around. You have to, like, respect him or well, whatever. Yeah, Mr. Turner says that. Mm-hmm. And he, then he turns around and Mr. Feeney's, well, like, out, like, on his roses. And he was like, oh. Well, he had said, like, he's always, you know, he's always going to be back behind you watching you. Or he's mm-hmm. always going to be right behind you every step of the way. And then he turns around and he's like, oh. <laughs> and he was like, that's weird. And Corey's like, yeah, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes out there to talk to him and they have a, a really nice talk about everything. Corey and Sean come out and they talk to Mr. Feeney too and explain to Mr. Feeney that their teacher has told them where they went wrong and that they understand when they parallel it with the book where they went wrong and where they misunderstood their own, really their own privilege. Yeah. And um, so then they walk back in the house and I have to say so again we watched it twice and the first time like I didn't notice that many little things but this time I noticed they're walking in and Corey walks like his normal Corey walk and Sean walks in and he does this weird like little kid like loping walk into the house that was like he was a kid like these were like like they were kids Mm -hmm. um it just it's weird to me to see them act like kids. Mm-hmm. It is. They were so mature acting. Well, at right. least Corey, I mean, yes, he was very, he came across as that, like, you know, that you hear it. I heard it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, old soul. And right. Like, yeah, he's such an old soul because he carries himself like an adult and he's thinks of the world so much more maturely than anyone else. And, well, and he wants to understand things like right. the wheels in his head are turning. That's what I heard a lot as a kid. Like, you can see the wheels in her head turning. Like, she's trying to figure this out. Um, but and then Sean is like the ladies man. He's like Mr. Cool and everything. So to watch him like lope into the house like a kid was kind of refreshing. Right. And, and they're literally at this point, they are younger than our oldest child mm-hmm. and about the same age as our middle child. Right. And that's crazy. Right. Um, um, so Mr. Turner stays out and talks to George. 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 And um, he was like, well, you know. This kind of backfired on us, huh, George? And Mr. Feeney's like, mm, no, I think I think they passed the test just fine. Um, which is basically saying, like, this whole thing. Like, they proved that they read the book, that they understood it. And, 
Like, they basically, this whole thing was a test. Yeah, but I don't think Mr. Feeney planned it. I think I do, you seem I'm to... so confused about that because I, it does, it, to me, it's one of those Feeney things. No. Like, he planned it, right? No, to me, this was him realizing that he had messed up. Okay. This was him realizing they showed me. Woo! This is him realizing <laughs> they showed me what happened mm-hmm. here. It kind of puts him and Mr. Turner on like an even right. playing field where Mr. Turner was wrong and Mr. Feeney was wrong. Like they both like there should have been some type of meeting in the middle here. Like I really felt like in this discussion at the end sealed it for me. I don't think Mr. Feeney had planned this out. Okay. I didn't think he expected it to happen. And I think he very seriously by the end of this episode was having a conversation with Mr. Turner that was different mm-hmm. because he realized, all right, he knows... He knows and he cares. Right. He's not he's not dumber than I am. Right. He has ideas and maybe sometimes I need to listen to them. Right. It definitely evened things out and put them on a more um, equal level. Right. Um, mentally. I mean, obviously, Mr. Feeney's his boss. Right. But um, that, like, they both have the kids' interests, even if they do things different. I think I think Mr. Feeney is in a constant battle of thinking that because Mr. Turner is, like, kind of, like, chill and laid back, that he doesn't actually care. He doesn't, he's not going to put in the effort that is needed to get through to the kids. Um, and I, I get it more, I, th- I think more like he's, Mr. Feeney is a nerdy guy Mm -hmm. and was always a nerdy kid and was always an overachiever as a teacher and always Mm -hmm. very strict and authoritarian and he's watching this guy who's fundamentally completely different Mm -hmm. he's watching this guy who was probably very cool growing up where mr feeney was not cool growing up so he's watching this almost with a sense of jealousy where he's saying like here's a guy who's oh he's too cool to be a teacher so let me show him he's he needs to stop being so cool and be more authoritarian also think that when you are a strict person and i i feel this way because i'm a very strict person it's hard for me and this is a this is a fault of mine it is hard for me to acknowledge that things can be done differently than i do them and work and mm-hmm. succeed um i am a strict person with children like i'm nice i have fun with them but the strictness that I bring, I've always felt like that was something that I was a strong suit of mine and that that was something that all kids needed was that like strictness and the schedule and the, the lots of boundaries. And it's taken me a lot of years to realize that kids can be raised differently than that and be kind, respectful, wonderful kids too, you know, like that different methods of parenting will work the same way different methods of teaching will work. Right. But coming from being a very strict person, it is really, really hard to watch. It almost seems effortless when you're not sure. It's not easy to be that way. It's not easy to um, restrict what your children do all the time. So I think like comes off as like an effortless thing and when it works it's just sort of like oh like <laughs> it takes a while to be okay with it right and i think mr feeney is finally getting to where he's starting to feel okay with it well i think he's starting to realize it i don't think mm-hmm. he's okay with it at all yet and i get the feeling that this is going to be a long struggle with him trying to figure out if he it can accept mr turner's 
teaching methods. Mm -hmm. But at the very least, now he is reaching a point where he's able to go, okay, I need to at least hear him before I discredit him. Right. Well, and the way that Corey and Sean talked to both of them at the same time was able, I think Mr. Feeney saw as like, they are giving Mr. Turner the same respect that they're giving me, which Mm -hmm. is something that he worries about. He worries about the fact that Mr. Turner doesn't demand the respect that he should be demanding, but they were paying the same amount of respect to both teachers um, and addressing them on like an equal level. And I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> oh, okay. I just think like the way that the the kids responded to both teachers at the same time was important. Right. So um, this is about where we end off. Um, with that storyline. With, with the main story. So the mm-hmm. credits are rolling everything. So we still have to do our post credit scene. Yeah. The, the end pause is of Mr. Turner like hanging over the fence talking to Mr. Feeney mm-hmm. while Mr. Feeney works on his rose bushes. Right. So now we come back from the break and Eric is talking to uh, Jason mm-hmm. and Jason's wearing a nicer shirt than he normally wears. It's all tucked in. Yeah. And, and Eric is dressed for basketball. Mm-hmm. It Eric, is Thursday. It's Thursday. It's basketball day. And We've went through so many Thursdays this episode. I know. So <laughs> many Thursdays. So this is the, our third Thursday. Yeah. We've been through three weeks. Wow. This was but it really, a long thing. But Corey's whole thing seemed to happen in a day. Yeah. So. So three Thursdays later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're talking and he's like, okay, let's go play basketball to Jason. Jason's like, oh, yeah. I can't. Like, okay. And then all of a sudden, the fire alarm. The the pager sound goes off and eric's like wait a second what is that and he's like nothing he said it's my heart monitor i'm I'm having a heart attack right now yes so then eric grabs it from the pager from him and what's it say i don't remember what it says but i don't remember what it says either but then desiree walks around the corner i just remembered like she's asking him to do something and he's like But I wanted to play basketball. And she's like, oh, come on, do this for me. Say yes, Puddin'. And he's like, yes. And she just stands there waiting. And Eric goes, I think she wants you to say Puddin'. And that's it. Uh, I thought it was a really good episode. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was great. Um, again, like it just showed really good development with all the characters. The boys responded well to Mr. Turner. The boys realized that they were being jerks to him. Um, Mr. Feeney and Mr. Turner bonded. There wasn't real, and Eric's realization that, that he needed to stop fawning over this girl Mm -hmm. was nice. Um, The fact that this episode played off of last episode is fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm so happy that there was some type of continuance there because so often I worry that like, there's just nothing that shows what happened the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. nothing. I mean, th- there were absences in this episode. We didn't see any Morgan, so no hashtag Morganism right. no at Morgan, all. No Morgan, no Topanga. No Topanga, no Frankie, no Joey, no Harley. Right. And, um, I mean, there wasn't room for them, again. Right. Eric's story took up so much time and it should have because right. it, it wouldn't have been as good without the time that it got. Right. There were... it. It was really basically opposite stories. It mm-hmm. was one where they were standing up for something that they shouldn't have been standing up for, like standing up for themselves in a situation where they should have said, OK, I'm taking the test. 
And then you had Eric who needed to stand up for himself and oh. didn't for so long. And once he did, it was an important thing that he did. That's a really good point. Thanks. <laughs> uh, did you... I pass the test? There was no test. Oh. It was a survey. Did you, <laughs> what did you think of the episode? I really loved it. Um, it has some really good clothes in it. Okay. Like really good clothes. Welcome well, to Tanya's Clothing Week Minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> Minute of the week. <laughs> clothing week minute. That's what it is. Tanya's clothing week minute. Go ahead. Um, specific. There was a specifically one outfit. I really hope that Desiree is not completely gone because she wears the best clothes ever. In this specific outfit was a red plaid romper. It was shorts. And, but it was like long sleeved. It was a long sleeved red plaid romper. And then she wore black over the knee boots. Oh my gosh. This outfit was so cute. There was another outfit that she wore. It was like a silk crinkly short skirt with just like a white shirt tucked into it. It was also like now that outfit would be like everyone would have that outfit. It's, Uh it's very, very cute. Um, that's that's it for Tanya's fashion week minute, but it was the red plaid romper was the best. Welcome back. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, not really. I I really really do hope that we start to see more relationship between Mr. Feeney and Mr. Turner. I th- yeah, I do too. Um, I hope we start to see more Topanga soon. Yeah. Um, I think. Specifically right now, though, they're really building um, Sean and Corey's relationship in a natural way. That's like not just like you're th- they're throwing us into well, not it only the that. way they did in the first season where it's like, these are best friends. You're starting to see like a little bit more contention between them, but like also they stick together through it and like not in specifically Corey, Sean situations. It's classroom situations. Yeah, but not only are they showing Co- Corey and Sean's relationship building or... or- the building blocks of the relationship and what what they bond over and what they argue over but they're also showing their relationship with their teacher change mm-hmm. i just and i don't think there's been a lot of room for topanga right but i think this episode really solidified a lot of that mm-hmm. so it's time probably hopefully soon hopefully soon and yeah. i have no idea i literally have yeah, no idea i don't either i i don't remember watching any of these episodes i don't think mm-hmm like, we said it before we started season two, but I figured as we watched, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. I do not remember these. So in the first season, we were talking about episodes and pretending like we just saw them for the first time. In this season, it's really like we just saw them for the first yeah, time. Yeah, we have to watch the episodes twice in a row because it's like we've never seen them before for real. Yeah. And it's really fun, but it really, it's hard to just watch one episode. I just want to watch the whole season so bad. Well, in 1994, Tanya. There was no binge watching. We can't binge. I know. Yeah. And it's 1994. Yeah, yeah. Anything you'd like to say before we go? No. Not really. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You uh, can find us. You can find us. <laughs> just find us. You can find us. At. Oh, I have to say it. at BMGMBMW on Twitter. Uh-huh. You can email us at BMGMBMW at gmail.com. Uh-huh. 
You can find me if you just want to like follow me and all of my smart tweets and stuff. You can find me at Sinner Hanabel on Twitter. Uh huh. And if you really like video games, you can follow Alden at a.bear on uh-huh. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to say anything else? No, I don't think so. Okay. We good? Yes. So thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets... <laughs> <laughs> Boy Meets World? Hold on. Boy Meets World meets Boy Meets Girl. <laughs> thank you for joining us. This is Boy Meets World meets Boy Meets World meets Girl. <laughs> Wait, I think you just said Boy Beats Girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I was trying to mix up words and I did it too badly. Yeah. This has been Boy Meets Girl meets Boy Meets World Season 2, Episode 4. Class dismissed.